Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me, as always, are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. Ian's not with us. He is not quite on his honeymoon, but he will be shortly. He's like, I don't know, getting crap ready to. He's very busy being newly married. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? It's a busy time in a young man's life. He's, <laughs> he's kind of almost a middle aged man, but, you know, busy time in that. that in part a, of his in life an too. old young man's life. Correct. Uh, but we're here to discuss the movie event of the year. Spider-Man No Way Home. This film takes place immediately following Spider-Man Far From Home. A side note, I hate that all these movies have the word home in it. it I think this will be the last one. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's just it's been hard for me to, to keep it straight where Mysterio reveals Peter's identity. And now Peter has to deal with the repercussions of the whole world, knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He enlists Dr. Strange help to solve the issue when calamity ensues and he spends I don't know, two hours of his life getting significantly worse, being tortured by villains of Spider-Man past. Yeah, I mean, usual players in in this franchise, uh, Tom Holland, Jacob Batalon, Zendaya, uh, but uh, also joined by Willem Dafoe and Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina. Some familiar names. Benedict Cumberbatch. A yes. weird name that we have to be familiar with. Yeah, you just have to say it. Anytime I say it, I think I said it wrong. I'm always <laughs> like, that's not his name. It's something else. That's not a person. I, I always afraid I'm going to just call him the Bandersnatch or whatever yeah. that thing is from Alice in Wonderland. So um, do we want to start with initial reactions? Joseph, do you have something random to add here like you normally do? Or uh, I mean, do is this is this a convention that we've established? <laughs> You have to add something before people say what they think of it. It happens every time. I, I mean, her, look, tell I, me if I'm wrong. I did have something because I wanted to go back. Of to course the, you did. <laughs> no way home thing, because it took me like four years after the movie Spider-Man Homecoming came out for me to realize that the movie was actually like set around a homecoming dance. I don't know why they decided to keep that as a convention, but I, yeah, you know, they didn't have to. But I, I appreciated that. I don't think it was supposed to be an in-joke. I think it was just supposed to be obvious, but it made me appreciate the film more, you know, a few years down the road. See, with Homecoming, there were a, there were a couple of layers, right? Like the movie and circles. Couple, you mean literally two? No, well, there is a third. I believe the first Spider-Man story post Secret Wars was actually called Spider-Man Homecoming. So oh, I think okay. there was a a comic root for it. But yes, also his homecoming into the Marvel Universe and the homecoming dance. But I, there was no need to stick with it after. No, no, not at all. <laughs> all right. We're doing initial reactions. Sure. I say Hurt goes first because he oh, always yeah. goes first. Man, uh, you know, I mean, this is podcasting and there's, of course, going to be a lot of quibbling. But goddamn, this was a fun movie. I can't even relate to anyone who doesn't think that it does. I suppose if you're someone who uses the term fan service a lot, you probably <laughs> fucking hated this movie because this might be the most fan servicey thing ever, but I fucking loved it. Yeah. So I would, I guess start off somewhere that feels negative, but I, I promise that I'll come around to it. Um, I recently watched a bunch of Spider-Man movies and I kind of came down harder on the Tom Holland ones than I had previously felt because I 
truthfully wasn't sure if it actually was, you know, like good Spider-Man. Like, you know, people talk about it being Tony Stark Jr. But I was kind of more like, I mean, if you took out the name Peter Parker and Spider-Man and you put in like Alexander and Nova, would those would the plots be any different? Would they be the exact same movies? And uh, I think they kind of would be like, I I don't think that it um, really had, you know, Spider-Man's really the character is about learning to be a superhero. He's Cap is perfect because he's the perfect guy to be Cap. And Tony is, you know, rich and clever and smart. Peter is just a normal kid who's a little bit smarter than everybody else, but has kind of social problems who ends up this crazy thing happens to him and he doesn't know how to be a superhero. And, you know, you have uncle Ben's death at the heart of his story and this idea of great power comes great responsibility. And it's his fault. And how do, you know, I move forward cause I have to. And Tom Holland has learned no lessons as Peter Parker <laughs> up to this point. Um, he hasn't even been the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He spent no time in his neighborhood. In fact, he's the world traveler intergalactic Spider-Man that we have seen. So like I, I, I had kind of been like, man, maybe these aren't like he's good in that part, but maybe these really haven't been very good spider-man movies yeah i mean to, and, to tom holland's credit or to that version spider-man he doesn't get to pick what what part of his life the movie show oh correct it's not his fault right <laughs> like i'm not blaming him i just i had kind of soured on on that interpretation of spider-man but i think this movie goes a really long way to try to correct those issues and uh it it pretty much nails it you know i i don't really love fan service as a reason to do things um i think a lot of the plot in the first half of this movie is just is just convenient to set up the back half of this movie but that last hour is is arguably the most fun i've ever had in a movie theater (laughs) and i i've seen it twice and everything hits just as hard the second time as it does the first time um the payoff is is payoff of 20 years of Spider-Man movies. And it's it's honestly hard to imagine they could have done it better. Like they literally like even stuff that you knew was going to happen. And we'll talk more about it in spoilers. Even if you knew it, like, let's just I'm just going to say the MJ falling thing because of, you know, we saw that in the trailer, even though you knew what that scene was going to be, it still worked. Like, even if it wasn't a surprise, it still worked exactly how it was going to. And so few can do that and get that right. Like, I, I've seen it twice. I loved it both times. I honestly could watch it a third time today. You, you know, uh, one of the things I was going to quibble with about this movie is even though I think Tom Holland himself really lands Spider-Man as far as what Peter Parker should act like and what Spider-Man should act like and stuff like that. He does it with almost no help because up until this, these have been sort of the least Spider-Man-y Spider-Man movies as far as the Spider-Man convictions, the Spider-Man plot points you've got to hit. So I I agree on that point. Yeah. Joseph. Uh, It's funny you you bring up, uh, you know, I guess what Spider-Man is, because one of the things that I I really loved about the Tom Holland one, which I don't know if it actually is what Spider-Man is, but it's what Spider-Man is in my mind is like, the the first two movies do such a good job of making it seem like being Spider-Man is like, I don't know, not natural, but like it's so much easier than being in high school. 
all of the things where he's like saving the city, like he's he's struggling, he's figuring it out, but then like he goes into like a high school party or he's like trying to ask a girl out, and that seems like the hardest fucking thing in the world. And I love that. Like that to me is is so much of uh, I don't know what I I feel like it's about, which again I have no basis for. And that's one of the things I like about these these movies. I I don't know. I feel like they had a pretty unique tone comparatively to the other two, and I feel like. The more I, I get away from having seen it in the first place, the less I feel like I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I still think it's good. I still think it's better than Transformers. It's objectively just a fun time, but I, I kind of feel like it's doing the Ready Player One thing and just leaning on all of our, you know the existing goodwill. Uh, I don't feel like it's really that much of, of this Spider-Man story. I don't feel like it's this much of you know like a good closer to this trilogy you know it's fun but i just i don't know i i feel like we had the opportunity to do the fan service thing and it was great and it was fun but it also i don't feel like service the general story that we were trying to tell yeah i mean listen i think i want to talk about more of this but more to the, your point joseph it's hard to do anything talking about this movie without giving a spoiler warning yeah, yeah no for yeah. sure but you know one I mean, thing about that before we do get to spoilers I, it's funny how little of it Like, going into this, everybody's like, oh, man, you got to see it before anything gets spoiled on. You got to see it. And even though I loved it, there was actually very little that was surprising to me about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, there's one big sort of sad surprise, but (laughs) but overall, it's not that it's pretty much what you thought it was going to be going in. Man, we got to we got to for sure put a pin in that because I want to go back to one of Christian's things from last week. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's specific to us, though. Like, uh, you know, I, she might be able to hear me from in here, but like. Spoiler alert. I'm not even sure that my wife knows that there are other Spider-Men in this movie. Uh, so, like, it's going to be a, a, a whole thing for her. Spoilers, uh, by the way. I hope you're if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you probably were aware that there was the rumor that the other two Spider-Men were in there. Hey. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I kind of want to just tie something in real quick. Hurt, you kind of talked about the sad surprise, which is of course Aunt May dying, and that I want to take it back to Joseph, what was originally talking about. Um, I actually disagree with you because of that. To for me, I think the first two movies were kind of lacking part of Spider-Man's whole thing his origin story is that when he messes up because he doesn't know what he's doing it has life or death consequences and he has to learn to be able to move past that and we got him in the other series like obviously you get uncle ben's death and you get gwen stacy's death even though we don't get amazing spider-man 3 we don't have that for this version of spider-man like this kid has never once in the first two films has anything gone wrong been a product of his own actions and i i feel like that's kind of missing what makes good spider-man stories like it's not just uncle ben it's eventually gwen stacy um even take Civil War, like when Aunt May dies in the next story, it's because Peter chose to unmask himself and then Kingpin targets Aunt May. Like, it's not that it was forced upon him like it is in this movie or in the previous movie with Mysterio. So it's the first time I think that you really get an emotional moment that affects Peter Parker that 
is a very true comic moment. So to say uh, this is why I disagree about it being like a conclusion to his series because his trilogy, because it's the first time we've actually ever put this version of Peter Parker through anything emotional. I mean, you know, besides the death of Tony Stark. Sure. Okay. But I mean, really, like, that was literally the whole point Christian of the second said, that movie. wasn't that wasn't on him, though. No, you know, no, I understand, it, but I, it, he he was going through an emotional thing. It just wasn't his fault. And to, as as kind of a rebuttal to that, one of the things that bothers me about the Amazing Spider-Man movie is that it like leans way too hard on just personal relation deaths as a motivating factor. I'm not saying that you you can't do that. Uh, not I'm not saying that you can't have a story where the whole thing is like Spider-Man does something wrong and there are major consequences for his actions. But I just feel like the ama- I mean, you know, it, it happens in in uh, you know the, the Raimi trilogy too. But for the Amazing Spider-Man, I just feel like you know deaths per minute. Uh, I feel like they really they drained the bottle on that one, and I feel like I don't think this one had the same amount of weight. I feel like there are other ways to to tell a story, to have consequences for your actions that aren't just like, oh, killed somebody that you know. So I don't know. I I didn't love that either. I I just think it's a very Spider-Man thing. I I also feel like since Ian's not here, I have to say this. I was super bummed at that part, too, because Aunt May was the last person in the MCU I still thought was hot. (laughs) You know, like Zendaya is a baby, you know. (laughs) True Grit Girl's a baby. I thought Aunt May was hot, which was weird in its own sense. So I'm, I have mixed feelings about it. I shouldn't think Aunt May is hot. So I'm glad I no longer think Aunt May is hot. But still, that was that that was the last man standing. I got a I got a bitch about internet culture for a second about this anime I, uh, Aunt May thing. I mean, which look, is this bitching about internet culture was gonna happen about this fucking movie regardless of where we started. There's such a large like geeks and gamers, other you know these kind of alt right fanboy communities that are like, see the the world shows up for straight white heroes, non you know anti woke stuff and. If yes, if you don't think Spider-Man is quote unquote woke, and if you don't think this one, which takes arguably the greatest line in comic book history, erases the male character who ever said it and right. then gives it to its female counterpart is not woke, then what the fuck are you watching? Yeah. Like right. it literally does the thing that you says it's not going to do. And it does it so well that it shows that this shit should happen in movies. Like <laughs> it just makes me so mad that these people are so ignorant and so dumb. I mean, totally. It, I mean, it did. It just got like this fighter in doesn't have an, uh, uh, an uncle Ben, his uncle Ben was a single mother. Like if that's not woke, I don't know what is. I mean, I'm not saying I, I like, the Uncle Ben character, but yeah. I thought they really handled it well I did in too. this movie. Like, oh, I, dude, and it's it's a gut punch when it happens because you know yeah. it's, you when she gets up, you think she's fine, and as soon as she delivers that line, you're like, "Well, yeah, yeah. fuck." <laughs> yeah, and Tom, I mean, this is might be the best acting performance of his career. 
Like he I, is so good in that scene. And then the very next one where he's standing in front of Jay Jonas Jameson, just blasting him after his aunt died. He's so fucking good in that. Those I parts. mean, to, to, to refute my own point from just a few minutes ago for like, you know, two movies, even though the second movie is about the loss of Tony Stark, it's not like a direct loss. It's kind of like, you know, just kind of this lingering grief sort of thing. Uh, this is definitely the most range that was expected of Tom Holland in, you know, all three movies. And uh, yeah, I mean, he delivered. Man, we're all over the place with this, but oh, hundred percent. I don't know but, whose fault it was. But we've just but since since you we've brought up quality of acting. How <laughs> fucking good is Willem Dafoe? Oh, he's I know so it. great. I know it, it drives me nuts how fucking good he is. For most of this movie, everybody else was like riffing, and Willem Dafoe was like fucking acting, and he stole the show. Is there Every- is there anyone in Hollywood that commits more than Willem Dafoe? Dude, everybody else in this was making like a fucking podcast where they were making jokes about five other Spider-Man movies and he just snuck in and was like, no, I'm going to make a fucking movie. Yeah. 100%. And he, he's just, dude, the fucking turn when he goes back from being Norman to the Goblin, it is so fucking good. It sent chills up my spine in this dumb comic. Book movie. <laughs> I loved it. Also, I should say Toby acts a little too. The Raimi movies come out looking good in this. Sure. Yeah, so I don't love the first half of this movie. I don't think the... Uh, and I, I I have a point to this. I'm going to connect it to what you're talking about here in just a second. Uh, I, I think everything happens super conveniently, not that it's ever really earned. For example, right. Doctor Strange just agreeing to brainwash the entire right, right, planet. Right, right. Or I, Jacob just happening, or uh, Ned, sorry, ha- just happening to have magic powers. Doctor Strange's uh, apparent nemesis is geometry. <laughs> I didn't like that shit. I, uh, I, I liked I that bit, but I mean, he, even even further than that, there's a lot of conveniences. What you know about like the collection of the Spider Men at the end? I, there's no reason for fucking Sandman to still be evil in this. Uh, there's just like, there's just a lot of, you know, dumb little contrivances though. You know, we know by the time we get to the last act of this movie, we know the whole point of this movie was just to make that happen in any way that it could happen. Could it have been set up more naturally? Uh, probably maybe, but you know, they had, they had a lot of road to travel on this one. For yeah, sure. And Dr. I'm not- Dr. Strange, like like the way he was written in this was to the chagrin of people writing Dr. Strange for like 30 years. Because totally his powers in this either work or do not work in whatever way they need the plot to move forward. Mm. Yeah. It, that was that- probably my least favorite part. Sorry to also interrupt you, Jones. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. I, I To me, like... I mean, I like Doctor Strange one, but I think we fucking perfected him in Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like he's 100%. so good. And then this is the worst take of Doctor Strange we've had yet. So it was a little disappointing. But when you get to the apartment scene, from there on out, it's great. And it yeah. starts with Willem Dafoe. I mean, he just he's just so freaking good. Every time he delivered a line, I was like, fuck man like this it does in this movie does not deserve this guy trying this fucking hard <laughs> especially when they're not even trying to animate the fucking sand in sandman apparently it's 2021 guys we can do better 
Me and Sarah re- on the way home were trying to think of any movie that has like a crazy person that needs to be sympathetic that Willem Dafoe would not have done a better job in. And I can't think of one. He just fucking nails that so well. I don't know anybody who could do it better. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say for the other villains, like I think generally uh, Lizard and Sandman don't count in my mind. Like they're CGI nothingness, right. this whole movie. Sure. I think both Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina are pretty good in this movie. I agree. I think. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, Though, but, that said, it's not Alfred Molina's fault, but you know, there's a real fucking character missing when those arms aren't puppets. Yeah. I, I will say to the villain perspective, man, you had the chance to do six. Six is an important number. We don't have a single villain from Holland's run. That feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, it really it really seemed like Vulture needed to be here, right? Like yeah, yeah, I would say Vulture, or just imagine how fucked up Tom would have been or or, or Peter would have been if he had seen Mysterio. Right. Like he's dealing with the repercussions of Mysterio's actions this entire movie. If that third act Mysterio pops up, I mean it would just wreck him. I mean yeah, no, totally. So that's that's one of the things I do want to talk about. Fuck, we are all over the place. I really wanted to do a little bit more structure on this, but here we are. Because I do feel like there might have been versions of this movie that had like different elements. Like I, I think that was probably what they wanted to do. Because I think it makes the most sense, like thematically for the rest of the movies. But like where the fuck do you fit that in, you know? Like adding Mysterio. You guys know before this, I was all full of Mysterio conspiracy theories. Yep. Here's my one I still have. Mysterio was in this movie. Mysterio okay. was J. Jonah Jameson. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. That that's last so good. line where he says, only a coward doesn't reveal who he really is. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was so good. So I, that is great. I was going to say to Joseph's point, I think, you know, we kind of resolve the spidey killed mysterio thing like almost off screen uh and so i thought i thought instead of you know even having i mean the daredevil moment is cool but instead of that scene if like mysterio were to pop up say he did come from another dimension right and it wasn't just our version it was a former version he comes here he sees all this hoopla about mysterio being dead he sees it as an opportunity to be this guy again goes on the Daily Bugle and says, no, I'm not dead. Thankfully, someone saved my life. I decided I'd reveal Spider-Man before he could take mine. Like, I just think you could have done even one scene to Mm. reintroduce that character, even if it's an alternate universe version, because I think you'd smart enough to be able to to pick up on what the ruse is. Right, right, right. Uh, Maybe it's it's a pretty busy movie, but maybe (laughs) again, we're uh, all over the place. But I feel like this was uh, uh, of the Spider-Man movies. I would say it had probably the most jokes, despite being kind of a more serious movie of than the rest of them. Uh, but I feel like it had the lowest hit ratio for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, one problem with that is there's so many jokes after Aunt May dies and man, it's just hard for them to land for sure. But I will say the bit with with uh, Matt Murdock when Tom, uh, when uh, Peter's like, how did you do that? He goes, I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> That was a great. That was my yeah, that fucking was favorite solid. thing in the whole movie. My my auditorium popped for that one. That was yeah. a good joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that cameo specifically, I know Joseph has, I think, called Charlie Cox a really good TV actor, and that's I it. have, and I stand I by it. I think he's great in that scene, and I, it's, it is great to see him next to those characters. 
Maybe maybe this is his time to shine. I'm still like, well, we won't get into fucking other people, but I don't want anyone else from Daredevil coming in. Well, we will. I don't think it's that universe is Daredevil. You know what I mean? I just yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah. now they have the out that they can pick and choose who they want. And yeah. I think it's pretty much him and D'Onofrio are the only two cutting it from here <laughs> yeah, on out. I, I think that I think that there'll be there'll be a vague sense that the things maybe happen like they happen, but we won't see much of anybody else. Although I do think they could do cool stuff with Jessica Jones in the MCU. One of the problems with that show was that comic was really based around her solving mysteries about superheroes. And she didn't have that to do in that show, but she would in the MCU proper. And yeah, I mean like, you know, for instance, she could be the person who works out the timeline of what the fuck happened to cap after he went back in time, something like that. Yeah. I, I also uh, going back to the, the, the daredevil scene. Uh, I love the bit between him and Happy since Favreau was the original Foggy. Like, I, yeah, I thought yeah. that was really clever. That was totally. Oh, we were talking about cameos. Do we want to talk about the big ones or are there other things that we want to talk discuss first since we're all over the place? Let's just go and get to it. So much to the Internet's joy and excitement, what we've known for literally 12 months uh, was that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield came back as their interpretations of Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Listen, I think they're both fucking great in this. I was very nervous about it, almost to the point where I kind of just wished it was bullshit. Mm. But I think they both knock it out of the park. I think they're both great in this. I think on a level playing field out of the two of them, probably Andrew Garfield's the better actor. But I think that Garfield maybe tried to fit into this world too much, whereas Tobey Maguire said, no, I'm just going to play my Peter Parker. And I think that worked out a little better for him. But they were both good. I did think that was interesting because I don't feel like he was written like this, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man, but also like, you know, it's implied. And, you know, I, I feel like you have to imply at this point that it's been a number of years in his right. universe since the movies that we watched him in. So it's also like entirely possible that he is just like a, a more like chill grown up, possibly like less awkward right. Spider-Man now. Well, he really was still good at making that Peter Parker face, though. That sort of I think that's just his face. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, yeah the the scene with with Andrew Garfield sticking to the ceiling is outstanding. That's just yeah. one of the best. And and to your point uh, earlier, Christian, like I think on a grander scale, the the fact that Ned has like the ability to use magic is I don't know a little overly convenient, uh, even in this movie, but. It is a really funny pop when, like, he makes that offhanded comment to Doctor Strange earlier, and then then it pays off in this right. scene. Well, that and the the later bit when when Toby says, "My best friend tried to kill me. I, I you know, he died yeah, in my yeah. arms after trying to kill me." And then Ned's like, "I promise, I will never try to kill you." <laughs> like, there is a, I mean, besides obviously that character becoming Hobgoblin, but there is a little bit of like motivation there since he kind of has magic powers. I just, I just thought it was dumb. It's just not a choice I would have made. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think my favorite scene with the three of them. I mean, I love the Garfield's introduction, Joseph. To your point, him sticking to the ceiling that. It's hilarious, but there are just so many inside jokes when it's just the three of them riffing on the uh, the Statue of Liberty. And, and, and you know, maybe you can make an argument that that's just all fan service. It's, that scene it's, goes the, on it's like the highest level of fan service you can possibly <laughs> get to. But, you know, as as Hurt says, 
we're all fans and i you know i like being serviced i think you guys like being serviced too yeah it kicks i mean that 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 scene rocks um <laughs> i love it my favorite joke in the whole movie and this is probably because this is a highly specialized category of humor that i pop for but i love jokes about youth ministers yeah oh that's yeah. a great bit so the youth minister joke just killed me why was he dressed like that <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been hilarious if Peter Parker in his universe did become a youth minister. Right. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that seems about right. It does. You know, I I think Andrew came out better than Toby in this one, mostly because there's absolutely no resolution to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man because of what yeah, happens yeah, yeah. to the Amazing Spider-Man series. And we we get quite a bit of that here. But I also just think his version of Peter Parker, I, I just got done uh, recording with Derek diamond and we were talking a little bit about this movie and someone had said that their problem with him is just you know he's just too pretty and and he's awkward and i'm like i mean that's the thing like andrew garfield is like too good looking too cool of uh peter parker but what make is that he's like a hyper introvert the reason why he's witty with the mask on is he's not face to face with those people mm-hmm. and so like his uncomfortable kind of neurotic self de depreciating version of Peter I think works so well against Tom Holland who is incredibly handsome and has the whole world going for him as Peter Parker in this and then as Tobey Maguire's like oh I've got shit figured out now right uh, right. Spider-Man and and I just think it, it was such a good like balancing act um, from the guy who was an Avenger and the guy who's who knows how to do Spider-Man and then you know of course outside looking in he's the one who didn't get the third movie and didn't get resolution and um i don't know i i i pretty much love everything that 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 dude's in and and those the every scene with the three of them is the best scene in the movie yeah now that, now that you mentioned if this movie had just been the the like six minute scene of them on the scaffolding and then and then like the credits rolled be like yeah okay i had a good time with that <laughs> I, I will say of of the of the two guys we got Segan, i would most like to revisit Ma- andrew garfield's world now i wouldn't have thought that going in but the idea that he went sort of darker after that even though i'm usually i'm pretty over dark superheroes it sounded kind of interesting i'd like to see what happened in that world yeah, I mean, we could talk a little bit about this. I mean, you know, it's trended since the movie came out is, Ugh. you know, make TASM three or whatever. But I and I, I listen, I would go there. But the the two interesting things that come out of that is number one, there apparently he has already begun. The studios already contacted him about doing more roles, whether that just being more multiverse stories or, right. or not. Uh, but two. Apparently there was a clause in Jamie Foxx's contract that if it hit a certain financial milestone that they he would get picked up for more movies. And uh, it did it first weekend, of course, because the movie made, you know, six hundred million dollars. So whether that be in the Amazing Spider-Man universe or whether that be in a different one, like they at least plan to bring back some of these characters again some way. Well, I should say also Andrew Garfield and Jamie Foxx's like last little scene together was really good. It was a nice little closure for the two of them. Yeah, I, I really liked your banner even before that moment when uh, when he first sees him and he's like, Max, 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 come on. Yeah. Man. <laughs> like uh, it, and it seems generally that that version of Peter and I think this is true for Toby as well, really cares for their villains. Right. I mean, Tom's I don't really I don't think we've had that kind of personal relationship. Right. Um, but I, I, again, I think, an, I think was an intentional choice. Yeah, maybe. 
I, I don't know. I kind of preferred that the villains are, are some people that are important to Peter in those other movies. I think the problem with the amazing one is there was just too many that were like, how do you know this many people that became super villains? I know oh, that's true definitely. in the comics, but like it's just every single person you ever meet. Well, especially because that was so convoluted with trying to create all that hyper backstory with his parents. Yeah. Well, I feel like we'll almost have to revisit those timelines at some point because now they're changed, right? Yep, those guys yep. are going back to not die. Yeah, I thought that as well. But that, I, you know, would that mean Gwen survived? Would, would that would mean Andrew... Gwen survived? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, should we talk about the least consequential after credit scenes ever that were probably the best ones also? I, I'll be honest with you. I both loved and hated the Venom one. I mean, they were, I know that I think that's exactly what they were supposed to be. It was, yeah. it was such a, it was a little self-contained story and, uh, <laughs> and it was pretty uneventful and I thought it was pretty great. The best part is that Danny Rojas is in it. hundred yeah, percent. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I, th- I thought it was a good little, I mean, it is a joke and again, it does not make sense within the context of the movie in universe, uh, but it's really funny. Why do you think it doesn't make sense? Because the whole point is it's the, the people who were brought by the, the spell were people who knew that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He didn't even I know who Spider-Man was, much less Peter Parker. I figured this out already. Me on the way home, figured it out. Tell me. The symbiote knew. In the last after credit scene, the symbiote's talking to him about it, that the symbiotes are a hive mind, and they know things even across other universes. So he knew because Topher Grace knew. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I also think that Venom takes place in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. I hope you're right. Man, literally Hardy's Venom versus Garfield Spider-Man. Is that, would be, that would be super fun. They are born to go against each other. I Just agree, like totally. the kind of like witty, crazy nature of both. He'll go back and now I'll be like, well, there's got to be a Spider-Man here. I need to I should find that guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, man. Once again, Jones, you come up with something that I hope really happens. <laughs> yeah, that's well, a great idea. I, I want to talk about another one of those. So one of the things on that note that I wanted to come back to is, do you think that there was a draft of this movie where Christian was right in his prediction from last week or whatever week that was, that Toby Maguire was the one that was supposed to be the Uncle Ben and was supposed to deliver the, uh, you know, with great power comes great responsibility line? Oh, I feel like I feel like I'm right. And I feel like they filmed it. I also feel like they filmed it because it's set up. So like I was positive he was like that was the whole point of that scene with the goblin with him. sit, you know, like Tobey Maguire stepping in, sacrificing himself, all that kind of stuff. It definitely did seem like Duke and G.I. Joe, the movie where they decided after the fact that he was going to survive. Yeah, (laughs) it felt like he was dead when that happened. hundred percent it did. And like, I, you know, again, like, I don't know, like comparatively, I would still I still might rather prefer that, though. I don't know. I, I can't decide how I feel about like the there's like this parallelism in the universe where this just happens to all of them at some point in their lives, like some kind of like faded thing. Or if it makes more sense, since especially since I feel like every writer since, you know, uh, the first movie has been so scared to actually say the words that if you're going to have somebody say with great power comes great responsibility, it might as well be the fucking first guy that heard it. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't know. I may, that's true. I may have liked that better. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like what they did with the movie, but I, I still feel like that that was in there probably at some I, point. I, there's absolutely a draft and possibly some footage, I think, where, where <laughs> you are correct. How long do you think we see it till these guys start promoting this movie? Like, there's got to be an, a late night appearance with it's, all it's three of be them, soon, right? Because, like, the internet's, like, already done everything at this point. You know, like... I just can't wait till Andrew Garfield can fucking, you know, find... Because, you know... Like Toby Maguire's been, uh, you know, Howard Hughes for years. It hasn't bothered him at all. But this shit has driven Andrew Garfield <laughs> nuts. So I can't wait till he can finally just say, yes, this is yeah. what's happening. So I did want to talk uh, uh, briefly about the after credits again. Uh, this is confirmation that Secret Wars is going to happen, right? Is that how you guys took it? Which, that's how which I part? Took it. The, the Doctor Strange preview thing? No, I think because uh, they left some of the symbiote behind. I think you're setting up black suit Spider-Man. Oh, I... right. Yeah. Yeah. We were totally like me and Sarah was like, who's going to get that? But that makes sense. It, yeah. Since I like that idea. That's the first appearance of the black suit. I think is, is in secret wars. So that, that is correct. The, the black suit with that's where Spider-Man got. It. So, I mean, either that or we're going to get another person play Eddie Brock. And I don't know that I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> I definitely hope it's not that. And I definitely hope they don't use that as the way to, uh, turn Ned heel like yeah I I like your idea the best I mean we could talk about the Doctor Strange one too if we wanted to it's kind of just a teaser trailer it is just kind of a teaser the only thing I wanted to ask you guys about it so is is the evil Doctor Strange in that is that the same uh, that's the same crazy Doctor Strange from what if or is it a different one it's it's strange supreme or whatever they call them in in what if yeah okay that's that's what I thought even though he got kind of redeemed didn't he in the last episode yeah, I don't think he, he definitely seems kind of evilish in that moment. I don't think he is, um, but it definitely felt like it in that moment. There, apparently, there are three or four different versions of Strange in Multiverse of Madness. Oh, right on. That sounds fun. That movie's going to be fucking bonkers. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, do we have anything else on No Way Home we absolutely have to hit? There is there is one elephant in the room I've been, I feel like we have to address before okay. this before we leave it which is uh, excluding uh, this is this is a big thing to set aside but ignoring all of the the payoff for the previous franchises the closure the whatever like put put our nostalgia and good feelings about this aside is there anything about this movie that needed to exist after into the spider-verse does it do anything with this concept that was better than Into the Spider-Verse? I mean, 100%, this movie exists because they saw Into the Spider-Verse and was like, hey, we could do that and make a lot of money if we had all the, spy- <laughs> the Again. Spider-Man guys back together. That's 100% the only reason this movie exists, but I'm fine with that. Does it need to exist? No, probably not, but I, I-, I enjoy that it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Joseph, I do. There are two things I would add probably is that, you know, there was rumor that there's a version of this movie that was like Craven. And I, I think that could have been a really good movie. God, when, uh, when are we going to get Craven? Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, he's getting that solo movie with old Aaron Taylor Johnson, maybe, <laughs> you know, and, and I think when we first watched far from home, I, I, I think I or, on here that like now that everyone knows his identity like he could go on the run and craven could hunt him down and i think that could have been a really cool movie but i'm kind of glad we didn't do it because god spider-man needed a movie in new york city that is true 
thank God we finally got one um, in, in this. So uh, I do think the kind of multi Spider-Man Spider-Man bit is, you know, is taken from that film in across or into the Spider-Verse, but I'm kind of glad it exists. The other part of that is the ending of this movie, I think is actually pretty smart because it solves a whole lot of problems that Marvel and Sony have had. And that suit is fucking gorgeous. It's a good so. suit is the fucking best, man. <laughs> Um, but Peter choosing to have the whole world forget who he is and him start over is, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, and again, I think that lends to Secret Wars because he doesn't have to show up in Avengers now. Like if you do a Secret Wars movie, he's just going to get pop up in there and be like, hey, who's this fucking kid? Right, um, right. To me, it was a really clever ending. And I don't know if you could have got there any other way, I guess is my point. I feel like despite the fact that, uh, you know, I, I pick on the Amazing Spider-Man movies for being just, you know, way too grim and sad and full of death. I feel like this is the saddest ending for Peter Parker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Because not, yeah. o- not only does like, I mean, he lost all his friends. He's his, his aunt is dead. Nobody, but like now he doesn't, he can't share it with anybody. You know, it's just, it's just him by himself and nobody knows who he is. And all of his friends don't know who he is. Who's he going to riff with? I know. Harry Osborn. <laughs> <laughs> I did also like, you know, uh, uh, kind of going back to something I think we talked about when these trailers for these movies come out is I feel like, I don't know, Tony kind of struggled with this a little bit in the movies, but to have a movie centered on like the moral responsibilities of a superhero, it's kind of amazing that we haven't really done more with this successfully because i mean like i feel like they really nail it like the the whole idea of of you know like choosing kindness even when it it's almost nonsense you know not nonsense right. but even when it's dangerous i guess and, and giving people second chances and, and like you know taking you know the great great power comes great responsibility kind of thing there's just there's so much meat on that bone i feel like and it's just amazing to me that, uh, you know, for so many other movies that are, are functional, I mean, like Spider-Man, definitely like this is a big core element, but it's a core element of pretty much every superhero. And it's amazing to me that that's not a bigger thing in other movies. Yes. Agreed. Um, also, the scene where, uh, like you talked about, where it's him with all of the, the villains and he's trying to fix them all. And it's just the Spidey sense and the camera work and the sound design in that. Scene oh, so great. Standing. Yeah. So fucking good. Yeah. The way they use the Spidey sense in this movie, I think, is the best they've probably ever done. The it's... best has ever been done on screen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, we get the pointing scene like the meme. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad that's there. Actually, yeah. they hit all the meme stuff. The, you know, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. The pointing every time Norman grins. That's uh, all there. <laughs> Dude. I had forgotten about I'm somewhat of a scientist myself, so I did not understand why the, my audience went nuts <laughs> for that shit. Yeah, That's one of my internet, favorite memes. Yeah, the internet loves that line. So <laughs> this is a good fucking movie. Uh, it it's, way, movie. it's way better than Transformers. It's better than Transformers. <laughs> it's not It's not better than Infinity War or Endgame or Civil War or, or uh, Winter Soldier like everyone claims it to be, but... It's pretty damn good. I would say it's not the best Spider-Man movie either because that's still into the Spider-Verse. That's true, 100%. But it's a pretty good live-action Spider-Man movie. It's up there with Spider-Man 2, in my opinion. Hang on a second. Fuck. All right, we're here. We might as well. Can we rank our Spider-Man movies? Dude, I just did it on Twitter today. Did you do it? (laughs) Elanders made me do it. Okay, I want to hear them. So uh, I'm going to start bottom. No, top to bottom. That's easier that way. 
Uh, I put Spider-Verse and No Way Home is like one and two, but they changes. Like I don't I haven't seen the other one enough to know. Spider-Man two is number three. Homecoming is four. Spider-Man one at five. Amazing Spider-Man one at six. Far from home at seven. Spider-Man three. Amazing Spider-Man two. <laughs> Fair enough. Have you got yours or are you still thinking about it? I'm still thinking about it. you go first. Okay. I think I'm going to go Spider-Man two, Spider-Man one, Spider-Man homecoming. Oh shoot. Hang on. I fucked this up. Obviously. No top of the list is into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? No, yeah. That's, that's, here, that's, a, that's a major oversight. Uh, no, no, I got to fucking start into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man two, Spider-Man one, Spider-Man homecoming. This one, no way home. Far from home. Amazing Spider-Man two, Spider-Man three, amazing Spider-Man. Interesting. Heard if you still don't have it, I could also read a Landers because I have his in front of me. Well, well I, I would love to hear that just in general. So do that, then I'll go. <laughs> his is No Way Home, Spider-Man 2, Into the Spider-Verse, Far From Home, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. Okay, I'm going with uh, I'm, it's Into the Spider-Verse number one, of course. Think I'm gonna go with Spider-Man Two is next. Then No Way Home. Then fuck the fucking world. Spider-Man Three. Fuck yeah. Stick uh, to your guns. Probably after that, Homecoming. What was the one after Homecoming? What's that movie even called? Far, Far from, from home. home. Far from Home. After that, uh, Spider-Man One, and then the two Garfield movies in either order, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think really. The what what takes the cake for this film and those two those first two Maguire movies is just the villains are so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish Garfield had one of them. If he just had one of them to fucking banter with, right. I would have a entirely different opinion of the amazing Spider-Man movies. I mean, for sure. I think I think uh Jamie Foxx had the chops for it. They just didn't capitalize on it. Yeah. Definitely. If this movie proves anything is that they didn't move they use jamie fox correctly well yeah. i mean again we talked about it they're they're two and a half minutes together are some of the best two minutes in the movie yeah. like yeah. you could have had that for two hours and you didn't do it yeah it's annoying also before we finally leave we did actually get a comment on our on our uh, episode for spider-man 3 uh from ed who i don't know who ed is related to or if uh maybe we just actually have a listener that's in no way related to any of us uh, That'd but be great. That would be, you know, who knows? He uh, he just saw No Way Home and and says it's his worst Spider-Man movie and the worst Marvel movie since Thor: The Dark World, which I can't fully agree with, but it made me feel a little bit easier on the inside because everything I had seen on the internet up till that point was just like, this is the best movie ever made, and I was like, is it though? Uh, so it makes it, me feel good to know that I'm not I'm not like alone in being like, there's there's some flaws here. I, I have a friend named Ed. God, that sounds like an Ed opinion. He's the most <laughs> contrarian motherfucker on earth. Go ahead. Close it up, Joseph. But that's Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. Will there be more Holland movies? Will there be more Garfield movies? Will Tobey Maguire ever make a movie again? Only time will tell. Uh, and no one's trying to get a no one's worked harder to get a bigger contract than Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah. That kid is fucking working it. It's good for him. I, 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 because I was just looking at like how much each of the Spider Man, you know, Spider Men, Spider Man's, Spider's Man got paid, and and Tobey Maguire is still like way taking the cake on that. So, you know, I feel like just based on inflation, Tom Holland should be getting a higher paycheck. Oh, for sure. 
Well, you got to remember, though, when Tobey Maguire did it, it was back when people went and saw movies. That is a good point. But, you know, RDJ can get paid. Why can't Tom Holland? Right. Uh, anyway, that's Spider-Man No Way Home. What have we been watching this past week, guys? Um, since we last recorded, I basically have watched this movie and that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. We did so much shit for Ian's wedding that I there was no time for anything else. We, we uh, watched Ian and Susie get married, and that was real. And it was special. better than Transformers. Better than Transformers, totally. Um, so I'm gonna I want to revisit an opinion that I would have shared if we had actually done our Ted Lasso episode, uh, which we were gonna. I think that was gonna follow up our Ghostbusters Afterlife, if I remember correctly. Uh, there might be something in the middle I'm missing, but. You know, we talked a lot about Ghostbusters Afterlife and and Ghostbusters 2016 um, kind of missing the mark and not really not really nailing the humor and the heart that was the original Ghostbusters. And it got me thinking a lot about those movies. And the conclusion I came to is there's no Vankman character in either of them. Um, and Vankman is uh, in a lot. I mean, he's everyone's favorite character in a lot of ways. He's the heart of the movie. And. He's a good embodiment of what makes Ghostbusters one so good, which is that Vankman is scared and he is intimidated by these situations. But the way he deals with them is by telling a joke. So when he uh, that's what, you know, Ghostbusters is, we've said a lot, is a scary movie that happens to be funny. And that's because you have characters like Peter Vankman who are terrified out of their mind. And then the way they handle it is that by telling a joke and neither of those films do that. So what does that have to do with Ted Lasso? <laughs> Fucking Jason Sudeikis needs to be the next Peter Venkman or that Peter Venkman a, character. That is that is spot on. <laughs> um, and the reason why is because Ted Lasso is kind of like Peter Venkman. Uh, I mean, he's not dirty or raunchy or like Venkman, but the way Ted Lasso as a character functions and handles stressful information is by making these crazy kind of anecdotal analogies and and telling jokes. And, you know, he has to kind of be told to get serious because he doesn't know how to process the information without humor. That's 100% Peter Venkman. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you're going to make another one, that's the guy you need to build it around. Christian, why are you so good at this? (laughs) Yeah, you are really good at this. You should have been an executive. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. I like it. You know, um, so uh, last week I said I was watching Daredevil and I've continued to watch Daredevil. And uh, just something I wanted to say about watching Daredevil. Right after we got done with the podcast last week, Jones texted me and said, hey, where are you on Doctor Who? And I don't know if this is what you meant by that, but I felt like you were saying, how can you have time to watch this shit when you haven't finished Doctor Who? And that's a great question. I mean, it kind of did mean that, but, you know, in a more respectful kind, I just wanted to talk about Doctor Who kind of way. <laughs> well, the the thing is, I you know, I thought about it. And one of the reasons was, is that if I'm watching an hour long Doctor Who, I actually watch it. Yeah. Whereas if I'm watching an hour of Daredevil, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I did try to, uh, I did, it's like, man, I, you know, that's a good point. I need to go back and start watching Doctor Who. So I started watching Doctor Who again. And then the person who I'm stealing HBO uh, from, HBO Max from, let their cat, their uh, account lapse. What the fuck? That bitch. <laughs> and, you know, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not giving them anything. So I don't, re- I can't really complain, but fuck, come on. 
turn your shit back on. Uh, second of all, since I'm giving Jones an update on this, Joseph, I felt like I should give you an update on this. Uh, as far as my progress on BoJack Horseman, me and Jones actually talked about this at the wedding that we both tried watching that show and we just have to take breaks because we don't want to nibble on a gun barrel. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and uh, so where my current break is, I just a few weeks ago watched the episode where the whole episode is BoJack uh, eulogizing his mother. The free churros or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a fucking brilliant, fucking hilarious, great performance by Will Ferrell. After it's done, I was like, I can't watch this show for a fucking while. <laughs> That's like, fair. It's just, it's just too heavy if you're, uh, if you're prone to depression. Oh, uh, good. As for Daredevil, I, 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 going through it, I'll, I'll back off on it a little bit. The action in this show is really good, and when the shit starts to happen in it, the shit is good. But it just takes it so long to happen. And if you spend all this time explaining your character's motivations, your characters never get a chance to surprise <laughs> you. So, um, yeah, um, that's what I got this week. To, to follow up with you on Bojack, Hurt, and like, I get you. Uh, for me, like, it, it's Bojack is just that, like, that perfect sad album where it's like, I know it's fucking, like, it fucking depresses the shit out of me, but, like, it makes me feel so, so seen that, like, I can't not watch it. Like, it just, it fulfills me in a very specific way. So, like, right. it doesn't, it doesn't tear me down quite as badly. And to your point, it's the best thing that Will Arnett will ever do is that show. I don't, I don't think that Will Arnett is a bad actor. I just think that Will Arnett's got a lot of, like, face stuff when he acts in front of a camera. Right. Uh, and when he's not in front of a camera and he's just in front of the microphone, he does fucking phenomenal shit. Like it's so fucking good. I, I love Arrested Development. I love Will Arnett, but you know, this is, it's the best thing he will ever do. It's probably the best thing he'll ever do too. Cause he seems like he's given up. Yeah, maybe he, yeah. like he kind of is Bojack at this point. <laughs> uh, that so, and Lego Batman. Those yep. are the peak of his career. I think he does a Lego show now too. He's, you know, Lego masters. Yeah. So kind of like, the, you know, Christian, I didn't get that much done this week because I was also doing wedding stuff. So I'm going to do something I've been threatening to do for a while, which is talk about anime. So cool. buckle in, baby. So wait a minute. Let me clarify. You mean the one week you didn't talk about anime, you threatened to talk about anime. I went two weeks without talking about anime. And I threatened record. to talk about them. Let the record show. Let the record show. <laughs> we can roll back the tape on this one. It's the longest I've ever shut up about it. So we're we're approaching the end of the fall season. Uh, you know, there's a winter, summer, spring, whatever. They all started about the same time. They all ended about the same time. Traditionally, fall is not the best one. And I don't think this one is the best, the, the, a great exception. This year has been outrageously good for the most part. And fall has not been outrageously good. I started on like eight or nine shows. And I would say only two of them are very good. But the two that I want to mention that I do think are very good are there is a show called Ranking of Kings. It's uh, kind of a fantasy anime. And one of the things I like about it is anime has got a problem with fantasy, the fantasy genre, which uh, one is great that they do it because there's not enough fantasy shit. But, you know, they stick really hard to kind of like the JRPG style fantasy world. And even when you don't do that, you know, even if you expand beyond that realm, you kind of do like, I don't know. It, it's so hard to do fantasy without being Lord of the Rings, you know? It just, it's right. just hard to do nowadays. Um, one of the things I love about this is it just feels like such a 
unique fantasy world and it feels so much like a fairy tale uh in a in a way that i it's hard for me to to put into words uh in just the way that i feel like fairy tales like it's it's a really compelling narrative it's about you know it's about uh the son of the greatest king on earth who is like the tiniest most pitiful thing who's you know trying to prove himself and whatever and there's a lot of other machinations and things happening but it like it's got a really interesting visual style and just like uh, some one of the things that i like about fairy tales is sometimes just like weird shit is in there for no reason like there's there's not like an in-universe thing it's not like it's just it's just there and that's just kind of part of what part of what makes it fantastical and i like it's just it's such a, a unique vision this world so i think if you like fantasy and you're looking for something fresh uh, it's it's neck and neck for my top one uh, for the fall, and it, it's very good. Ranking of Kings. The other one I want to talk about is uh, one that I feel like is harder to pitch. It's it's a anime about art. Uh, it's called Blue Period, and it's about a young high school student who's kind of just a normal pragmatic student who wants to like get a job and make money and and looks down on people who are you know frivolous about their passions. And then suddenly he's inspired by art and decides he wants to take up art. Uh, and like, it's, it's really interesting. Like it's, it's, a you know, kind of one of those competition fighting animes where there's no fighting. It's just about making better pictures, but it kind of follows kind of to your point, Christian earlier, it, it, it reminds me of Ted Lasso in that kind of the realization that he has at the beginning of the story, besides that he likes art is that like, oh, the world is better if you just stay curious, you know, like just be curious. Mm. And that's kind of reigning sentiment in it. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's about art, but it's also about like, you know, finding your identity and your passions and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's freakishly compelling for just being about a dude that draws pictures. I can't really describe it. Man, I've almost started this like half a dozen times. It's so fucking good. <laughs> So there is a third anime that up until like two weeks ago, I was like, I really want it to be good. Like so bad. It's called, it's a terrible name. Tact Ope Destiny or Tact Opus Destiny. Doesn't matter. The name's terrible. And I'd say that the general principle of it is it's a quiet place, but with music instead of just sound in general. Uh, So that's like the basic premise. But then they like put their hand on the anime dial and turned it to like 13. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so like i can't say it's the best anime but it's definitely the most anime uh that has come out this season and it's a joint collaboration between mappa and madhouse who are two like big big mm-hmm. uh anime studios and it looks amazing like it's so fucking good to look at but it's just nonsensical i i can't in good in good conscience recommend it but if you like things that are pretty to look at it's a good show we're only a few weeks from attack on titan coming i back, fucking right? know it yeah winter's gonna be good man i'm stoked about it anyway that's that's my anime ramble for a week or two well cool beans yep (laughs) do we have something for next week i mean listen it's the last week of the year we could do our favorite movies i guess it is the last week of the year yeah Yeah. we should do just like a year in review in general no ian next week again he will be on his honeymoon he's doing like living life instead of doing the sad podcast to hell with him yeah but not really buddy please come back we miss yeah, you please come back yeah we love you <laughs> uh well cool thank you everybody for listening if you have thoughts about fighter-man no way home you know uh, i feel like there's a pretty big variety of opinions out there we'd love to hear what you have to say uh send us an email at realphonies@gmail.com. uh you can also reach us on facebook at real phonies on instagram real underscore phonies thanks to zach evans for our and brian velasquez for our theme we'll see you guys later later